Hey, it's Kathy. I have something so fun to tell you about. You may know that the doors are open to my new program, The Abundance Method, but if you enroll by May 15th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific, you're going to get my signature business program also made to do this. That's a $3,000 program that you are going to get for free, included if you sign up by May 15th, just before midnight Pacific time. Made to do this is a phenomenal program that has helped thousands of souls to start businesses, to be able to make a living doing something that they love. This is an incredible deal. You don't want to miss it. Go ahead and sign up at kathyheller.com slash join. Just get it started. Start with two minutes and you will be amazed at the clarity, the wisdom, the insight, the courage that will come through with that practice of really being intimate with self, being honest with self and having that space of self-connection. Hey, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Podcast. So today you're in for such a treat because one of my favorite friends, Amber Ray, is back. She happens to be a best-selling author, a writer, a speaker, a journaler, an artist, and a global voice for emotional wellness and self-discovery. Some of you might be familiar with her books, Choose Wonder Over Worry, and The Answers Are Within You. And recently she released a new journal. It's called The Feelings Journal, Find Your Way Through Your Emotions. And it's a guided journal to help you befriend your emotions, name what you're feeling, understand what your emotions are trying to tell you, and find clarity and healing on the page. In today's conversation, she's going to lead you through some writing exercises to help you summon the courage to welcome in your truth, your power, and claim that bigger life where everything gets a seat at the table. Amber is so special, and she's so compassionate, and she's so wise. I'm always in awe of her bravery and her wisdom. She has a tremendous amount of presence and strength, and she's really done the work to get to this point and to share with all of us all this insight. So I know that you're going to really enjoy this and get a lot from what she has to say. Without further ado, please welcome the remarkable Amber Ray. Amber, thank you so much for coming in and being a part of this today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy you're here. So what I want to do is like, I want to have a conversation with you. I have some questions to ask you. Yeah, I think which I think will be help- helpful and shining a light on some of what I think I know about this beautiful group of souls and what could be helpful. And then I'm going to sort of hand it over to you because I know we talked about a particular exercise because Amber leads a lot of workshops. And I think that especially on on the heels of what will be a new year, I think it could be really powerful to have this collective experience. So we'll do that as well. Let's begin by talking about why this is actually all so important, right? This idea of knowing what you feel this idea of not spiritually bypassing what's real for us and journaling or having any kind of deep reflective process. We've all heard about it. We have six or seven journals that we maybe haven't finished. We've seen books like this at Barnes and Noble. We see all the, you know, sort of cliche things about self love or about what it means to be, you know, introspective, but no one really has the time. And more to the point, it's so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that we don't make the time. And I just want you to take the floor for a minute. And I want, I want to hear what comes through you when you think about why is all of that actually so important? Yeah. And how does that as a practice lead to the expansion in our lives? Because sometimes it feels like just a luxury. Like, well, if yeah. I have an extra 20 minutes, which I don't, but why is that something that you have found in your life to be actually like a doorway to creating this expansive, beautiful life that we want. Yeah. Well, let's start with the knowing how we feel and why that's important. Because culturally, I think a lot of us were taught, and this was certainly the case for me, that we should feel our positive emotions and push away our so-called negative emotions. And we think that if we can avoid, push away or suppress what's uncomfortable, maybe it'll go away, but it actually just tends to get louder. And that was certainly the case for me. And, you know, I, you brought up the idea of radical honesty and that's so key because unless we're being honest with ourselves about where we're at and how we truly feel, then we don't really know where to go from there. And it's really the idea that, you know, I believe emotions are messengers 
they're not negative or positive. They have wisdom, they have insight, they have clarity, they have knowing with them. And when we can create a tiny amount of space, it doesn't take a lot to just get in touch with what does anger want me to know? What does anxiety want me to know? What is this discomfort trying to tell me? They're all messengers and we can create the space to really hear them and to allow them. I love what you said, have a seat at the table of our heart. Then they'll offer important insights that can help us understand what's meaningful to us in work, what's really going on in our marriage, what's really going on in our lives. And I don't think we create enough space to be honest about that. Yeah. And um, you just, you know, alluded to something that we talked about briefly the last time you were here, but you've had such an incredible metamorphosis, not only in your career, but in your life and in your new marriage and in your previous marriage. And I think that there are so many ways in which women in particular gaslight themselves. Yeah. And whether it's in work or with family, there is more for us that we deny ourselves because we feel guilty for feeling whatever we feel. So then we kind of push it down or make ourselves wrong and then just keep overcompensating when there actually could be a gift in it for everyone involved, but mostly for our own sense of fulfillment. I feel like people get to the end of their life and feel like I didn't actually speak up or I didn't actually honor myself. And you've been able to do that so many times, like in work, by following what's really aligned in your love life, by following, and it's not comfortable But I feel like now you can be that gift to so many other people. So what did you learn about that along the way when you were willing to lean into what you didn't want to face, that really inconvenient truth sometimes? What are some of the rewards and what are some of the gifts in that? And how can you kind of show us how we could have the courage to maybe do it? Well, I'll tell a personal story that I haven't shared publicly often, but I was in a decade-long marriage with someone who was my best friend and in many ways a business collaborator, but not my romantic partner. And we didn't have a sexual relationship or barely had a sexual relationship. And I was so in the story of our relationship that I was out of touch with the reality of our relationship because playing pretend and creating this story of us was so much easier than facing the uncomfortable truth that perhaps we were not a fit any longer. And I've been on a whole journey because, you know, when I finally left that marriage, the big question was, how the hell did I get here? How was I telling myself this story for a decade? Like, I thought I was someone who told myself the truth. I thought I was someone who told my journal the truth. And here I've been telling myself a lie without even knowing that I was lying. And it's interesting because I've been, you know, reading a lot around like emotionally immature parents and how when you are raised by an emotionally immature parent, even if they're so well-intentioned, they never model intimacy to you. And so you don't learn what true intimacy looks like. And so you perceive safety in adulthood to be what you think is familiar. And so I'm realizing that I believed that not having intimacy was what was safe. And so journaling, being honest with myself, getting that. I I remember the day I wrote on the page, I don't think I want to be in this marriage anymore. And that, you know, was, was a radical truth that I had to come to because it was so much easier to pretend that everything was okay. It wasn't going to rock the boat, rock our community, rock. We were in the middle of building a business, but ultimately, you know, that the truth, while it feels dangerous and sometimes inconvenient will always prevail. It's a matter of when are we going to actually listen to and honor it? I mean, I have heard other stories from really honest friends of mine where they say things like that and what winds up happening. My friend Jill Stanton told the story on a podcast recently. She said, I threw a grenade into my marriage. That's how she said it. And she said, and what happened on the other side is we are so much better. I don't even recognize the relationship, but she had to be willing to just walk away from the dynamic because it was so not okay anymore. 
And somebody sometimes has to be honest, right? And this also happens in work. You know, I've seen so many people come to me and say, I know this feels safe and my family needs me to continue to do a certain thing, but I'm so unhappy. And if I don't have this Jerry Maguire moment, I don't think I can be okay. Like I can't continue to function this way because I'm, I'm living a lie. And I guess what you just said and what I'm saying is that, and you, you said it, like you had to write down and be honest with this. I think there's this thing called intimacy with ourself, which we're all not always available for because sometimes the truth is really inconvenient, (laughs) but what does it mean to come to the table with ourselves, arrive at our own door in that way? How does that wind up ultimately like raising the bar for how much more is actually possible when we have the courage to know what we actually know and stop running from what we actually know? Yeah. And it's unlimited and infinite. And I can only say that now having gone through it, having found big, beautiful, real deep love um, that I never even could have never imagined what it was like or that it was possible, but it required me to first address and confront what was true and what was not working. You know, I think the power of the journaling practice is that you can start small. You can start with what feels less scary because that's the biggest thing that like people are like, I want to journal with my innermost thoughts and feelings, but A, the blank page is intimidating and B, I'm afraid of what's going to come spilling out. And I like to always remind people that like, it's going to come spilling out in some direction at some point and you get to choose where you begin. And it can start with like, this is just how I'm feeling today. This is what I'm noticing in my life. This is what's working. This is what isn't working. You know, you get to choose, you know, courage is a muscle. And so if you want to start with light reps, that's fine. Like get the two pound weights and like start small. Okay. I have two minutes today to talk about how I'm feeling. Okay. Maybe I have five minutes tomorrow or whatever it is. But when we start with small reps and we realize that like, this is actually not as scary as I thought it would be by being radically honest with myself, even in small doses. Wow. I feel so much more connected to myself. I feel tremendous relief. Oh, like solutions are coming to me on the page that I felt like were impossible before we start to realize that, Ooh, maybe our intuition or our wisdom will speak. It's just like, get it started. Start with two minutes and you you will be amazed. I mean, I've been journaling most of my life. You will be amazed at the clarity, the wisdom, the insight, the courage that will come through with that practice of really being intimate with self, being honest with self and having that space of self-connection. And then when, you know, it's always like, it's scary. I'm more afraid than I am courageous. Like there's always that stage, like, okay, maybe I'm 51% more afraid of what I'm going to find out. And so I don't want to go there. But once you start slowly going there, all of a sudden the courage grows and grows and grows. And the fear that was there in the beginning feels so much more smaller and so much more manageable. It's beautiful. And the reason, by the way, even more specifically, we're talking about journaling, not only is that part of, it's a thread for Amber in her life, but she has a new journal that um, is called the Feelings Journal, Find Your Way Through Emotions. And it was actually just released a few weeks ago. So that's new. And that's why this is so on point. But you talked for a second just now about like the fear, right? And yeah, one of your previous books, Choose Wonder Over Worry is so powerful. I feel like everybody should have it just because it really does a great job of working with fear. And I think that what we all try to do is somehow get to a moment where we're just not afraid or push down the fear rather than learn how to be with it. And in that book, I feel like you do such a good job of really being with it and naming it. And of course, there's like multiple characters that are versions of fear, right? And versions of protection. But do you want to talk a little bit about that as a practice? Because I think that that's a good you know, foundation is what does it mean when we have all these thoughts that are not helpful? Because if you're just in this unconscious fishbowl of thoughts, A, who wants to journal? It just feels like more of that's coming out. And yeah. B, we don't really know how to decipher between all that noise and what's really our truth. So I feel like you did such a good job in that book of like helping us 
parcel through that. So why don't you just speak to that? What does it mean to understand our worry and make space for it without thinking that that's our intuition? Yeah. You know, I think with Choose Wonder Over Worry, I bring to life two characters inside of our mind, Worry and Wonder, kind of inspired by Inside Out. And it was funny because I started writing that book before Inside Out came out. And when it came out, I was like, this is this is everything. And there's an Inside Out 2 coming out this year. And they're introducing anxiety as a new character. And I'm thrilled um, <laughs> because what actually happened when I was writing my first book, I had a very different outline for the book. And when I was writing it, I had imposter syndrome come up. I had overwhelm come up. I had perfectionism come up. I had anxiety, fear, like all of these different parts of me started coming to the table, coming to my writing desk with a lot of opinion and thoughts. And it was incredibly overwhelming. And so I began to give them a voice and say, okay, overwhelm, what are you trying to tell me? Okay, perfectionism, what's really going on here? And I even started to be like, okay, perfectionism is this British blonde lady with short hair who like, she looks and sounds like this. And really, she's just trying to protect me and keep me safe. So I started dialoguing with all of these different parts of me. And through that, ultimately, that's what became the design of the book. And so the book, Choose, Wonder, Worry, you get to meet these different characters and get to know them through stories that I tell and exercises that I give. And this is actually like what inspired um, the creation of the feelings journal. It's indexed by I feel or I want to feel. And so every emotion has its own page because to your point earlier of how do we make sure we're just not an official journaling is not effective when it's venting and venting and venting and venting and venting. And so what I found, you know, leading journaling workshops, guiding people to get in touch with their emotions is that we want to get the feelings on the page, but then we want to like find clarity and movement and action from them so that we can move toward what's aligned and also move toward inner peace. And so I designed a very guided journal so that for every emotion, like afraid has a message from fear of what fear is trying to tell you, and then 10 different prompts to choose from to explore fear and what's going on. But the prompted questions allow you to get to clarity. So it's not just an exercise in venting, but it's an exercise in exploring the emotion, but also, you know, perhaps reframing it or better understanding it or understanding why it's showing up and how it's actually trying to help you. I love this conversation. And I feel like so often, and you use the word already a few times, which is clarity. I feel like so often, when I'm talking to someone or coaching someone, they think they have this one question. And very often, it's really about a lack of clarity about something totally different. And so I want to explore that for a minute. What is clarity? What is the path to it? How do we actually find it? Because so often we haven't cultivated a practice of really knowing ourselves or being willing to know what we actually know. Yeah. And that piece is so critical because then we wind up being confused by everything everyone else knows. And we think they know what we need to know versus no, this is what I know that I actually have clarity on. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And just more big picture first, I truly believe the answers are within us. And the reason why anxiety is a messenger and can be helpful to us is because anxiety is very persistent and will continue to show up to get our attention. And sometimes we may look outside of us for answers around something that we're anxious about when instead of we're just like, hey, anxiety, what's going on? What are you trying to tell me? Anxiety in three minutes might be like, this is what I'm trying to tell you. So it's, you know, I think so often we may Google our most important questions or look outside of ourselves to those questions when really like very quickly we can find them within. That's one thought. The second thought is that in defining clarity, I think of clarity as that moment of like, oh, that's what's like, if let's, when we're talking about like self-reflection and finding our own answers, it's kind of like, oh, that's what's really going on there would be one kind of in a healing, like when you think about clarity around healing and growth. And then there's like clarity around action around like, oh, that's the next step. And I think they work in tandem. For example, I was angry at my mom about something, journaling about that on the page and blah, blah, blah. And oh my God, like holidays and, you know, having a whole thing about that. 
And then I ultimately realized once I had gotten my anger out that I was actually feeling grief. And so beneath my anger was the grief of an unmet need. And once I got to that moment of clarity, I was like, oh, okay, accepting this, accepting my mom as she is, is where the grief is. Okay. So there's that like inner healing clarity. And then once I was able to like discern what was happening there, then came the like action clarity, which is like, she is who she is. She's not my caregiver anymore. I'm an adult woman. Like I can embrace and accept her as, you know, good. I'm healing stuff from the past, but I can also like show up with love and an open heart for her today. So it's like clarity came through both the inner discovery that matched with like, okay, now what's the outer expression of how I want to show up? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a relational piece. And then also I think there's like clarity around our work or our voice or the things that we have to say, you know, that can come through the page as well. Yeah. It's interesting. I was thinking back to, I went to see a a taping of um, Oprah's super soul sessions and Glennon Doyle was there. And I remember her talking about, and you probably have heard the story because it's like the story that she tells, but she told this story about being like right in the beginning of the end of her marriage. She found out her husband had been cheating on her and she was drinking too much and everything was kind of like hitting the fan. And a friend of hers said, you should go to yoga. You should go to yoga. You should go to yoga. And she did not want to. And a friend of hers finally was like, no, this is the time. Like you need this. You're going Mm. to need to find a tool to like be okay. And you should go. So she goes to this yoga class and she can't stay. She realizes what would be required for her to be there. And she's going up in smoke. Her nervous system is just nowhere ready to be in a yoga class. So the teacher, I guess, noticed it and walked over to her and whispers in her ear and says, if you can just stay on this mat, even if you don't do a single pose, you will be victorious. Just Mm -hmm. stay on the mat. So she stays on the mat and she's dying and she wants to get up and she feels like her skin is coming off. Like she's going crazy. It's so quiet and so still, and there's so much peace in the room and there's no distraction and all the things. And long story short, she stayed. And she said at the very end of the class, the teacher came over and whispered in her ear and she said, that was the journey of the warrior. Mm. You just sat there. Mm. And she said that was the beginning of her breakthrough because she was resisting a real relationship with herself. She was looking for everything she needed outside of herself. She Mm -hmm. was looking for it in her marriage. She was looking for it in drinking. She was looking for it everywhere else. That was like the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think about when I think we've all had moments where you take yourself on a walk or you are in a yoga class or you're sitting with a friend, someone like Amber, who like makes a space. And in that moment, you don't need anything. Like in that moment, you find this part of you that you've been looking for without even knowing you're looking for her. And there's this feeling of like, oh, I don't need the approval of anyone. Oh, I don't need more of this or more of that. I just need this, whatever this is. This is the sexiest, freaking, most Mm. alive feeling to just feel this, even if it means that I am a witness to what is so broken right now inside of me. Even that starts to feel so satisfying. And I think that what you offer to people is that invitation. It's like taking a cold plunge. Mm -hmm. It's so awakening inside of us because we're all so distracted. We don't realize the unconscious hurt and stuff we carry around that puts us in the cycle of looking everywhere, but within all the Mm -hmm. time for what we need. Mm-hmm. And when we start to develop the, the capacity, the muscle, the strength to come to ourselves, the amount of fulfillment and beauty and growth and healing and power mm-hmm. that comes through is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And so I had a therapist who said to me, forget what we're doing in therapy. What I need you to do more is every day without your phone, go take a walk. And at the end, sit down and like feel Mm -hmm. the earth. 
mm-hmm. and make sure that you have that meeting with yourself with nothing else around. Yeah. And that was like walking myself home to myself. And it's amazing how much you realize you are when you actually make the time to journey back to yourself. And it's amazing how that changes your relationships, your business, and everything else when that fundamental relationship with yourself is actually present. Mm -hmm. And so I think at this point, it would be nice for you to share maybe that journal exercise that you had in mind. So go ahead. You can lead the way however you like to do it. Yeah. So I'd love to, I'd love to do a two part exercise. Do we have time for that? Yeah. Great. So because we've been talking about giving everyone a seat at the table, we've been talking about giving a voice to our, you know, anxiety or our fear or perfectionism or even our intuition or future self. There, we have all these different parts. And my go-to favorite technique of all time is to actually dialogue and give that part of us a microphone to speak to us through the page. And so we're going to do a two-part exercise. And the first part of it, we're going to give an emotion we've been challenged by lately, the space to be heard and seen. And then we're going to move into giving either our intuition or some wise part of us or some curious part of us. I'll introduce that also the space to be seen. So I want you to just close your eyes, put your feet on the ground, and let's take a collective breath together. And then breathe in and breathe out. Let's do two more of those and feel free to make some noise and really let it out. Breathe in and breathe out. And then one more, breathe in and breathe out. I want you to bring to mind a situation that's felt challenging or an emotion that you've been experiencing and grappling with that feels a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe it's anger or anxiety or grief or sadness. Whatever's been a little uncomfortable and pushing your edge, bring to mind that emotion. And then I want you to imagine now that you have that emotion that it's sitting across from you and it has a piece of wisdom that has a message for you. And you want to know what it has to say. And I invite you to really kind of open your heart as you do this exercise and to practice being curious, compassionate, and and courageous. And you're going to give that emotion that's sitting across from you a microphone and you're going to allow it to be seen and heard and witnessed. And when you're ready, go ahead and open your eyes and at the top of your piece of paper, write dear and put your name. I am your blank and this is what I need you to know. So for example, dear Amber, I am your grief and this is what I need you to know. So pick whatever emotion you had, have that, that's I am your blank and this is what I need you to know. If it feels a little uncomfortable or the emotion doesn't want to say much, that's totally okay. We're just giving this a try again. It's like you have to build muscle, which takes reps and time. So trust whatever's coming up. There's no right or wrong answer. And you can always revisit the exercise later. And when you're ready, if you feel like your emotion is complete and expressing itself, go ahead and put your pen down, knowing that you can return to this exercise later. And I just want to reflect what Lisa shared in the chat, which I think is so beautiful. Lisa said crying, and it always goes that way when I actually feel my feelings rather than think my feelings. And I think that's such a beautiful and important distinction because so uh, it's so easy to intellectualize what we're feeling and to be able to verbally name it and express and all that, which is very important. But, you know, to feel and actually sit with and witness the emotion is a different experience. And oftentimes we think, oh, this is going to take so long. If I feel my feelings, it'll take days. But we just spent three and a half minutes on this exercise. One of my favorite books is uh, Janine Roth's book, Women, Food, and God. Mm -hmm. And it's all about this invitation to do this work. And it's all about how we develop a protective mechanism whereby we feel that if we actually lean into the feeling, we won't be able to withstand it. But actually by leaning into the feeling, we feel 
finally, okay. Like there's a way we can be with it. What we can't be with is actually the constant resisting of the feeling. That's what creates the anxiety. That's what creates the pain. And I know Amber, that's so part and parcel of the work, but I think everyone should get Amber's books, (laughs) this journal, and she's wonder over worry. And the other book is also beautiful. The answers are within, but that book, Janine Roth's book is also like a compliment to this work. And Mm. I asked Anne Lamott, what's your favorite book? And she said, women, food, and God. So I thought that was another good vote for it, but it's it's the work that you just did. You know, it's just, we always hear these cliches, like, you know, know thyself. And um, I think about the people I've spent time with, whether it's John Kabat-Zinn or Sharon Salzberg, like people I've been around when they're, their very being is letting everything in its atmosphere feel the wholeness of their own courage to be with themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is just amazing how busy everyone is. We're so busy. And then there are people who like go to walls and pond to just sit in the experience of taking in the fascinating twists and turns that make up who we are. And in so doing, there is something so gratifying and peaceful by having just full awareness, like without judgment, just the witness consciousness of this is what's present here. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's really the radical work we're doing right now is to allow ourselves to witness what is without judging it. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, it's amazing how our nervous system calms down. We don't need to be so busy by the end of this week because we just got this jewel called arriving, being, coming into integrity with self. And it's just such an important gift that you do and that we spend a tiny bit of our own day having this muscle that can make a space. And I'm just so grateful that you're here and sharing it. So why don't you go ahead and and share the second piece? Part two. Yeah. All right. let's, Let's close our eyes again. And now that we've witnessed and held space and listened to something that's been challenging for us and really allowed it to be seen, I want you to really feel into what you want to call in. Do you want to call in courage or more authenticity or truth? Or do you want to call in intuition? We're going to connect with a part of you that you want to really learn from that's kind of an inner mentor. So think about what you want to call in. And this could be today with what you're facing. This could be in the next year of a part of you that you want to step more into. But think of a word that captures what you want to call in. It could be freedom. It could be abundance. It could be ease. It could be, you know, really feel into how you want to feel and what you want to call in. And again, no right or wrong answers. Trust what comes up first. And then I want you to imagine again that that part of you that you want to call in is sitting across from you in a chair, holding a piece of important wisdom for you. And now you're handing that part of you a microphone so that it can share and be seen and let you know something important. When you're ready, open your eyes and at the top of your page, write, Dear your name, I am your blank, and this is what I need you to know. Feel free to drop what you are calling in into the chat as well. Inner peace, freedom, courage, worthiness, trust, health, beautiful. I love these. Peace, extraordinary life, beautiful. Yeah, people in the chat are just remarking how powerful this is to have created such a gorgeous container and so many beautiful women who have the courage to share with us. And I'm just sitting here in awe of your willingness to go there because gosh, I mean, this work is equal to thousands of other hours where we're just unconscious, Mm -hmm. you know, what you can get done, how much you can grow, how much healing, how much weight can just be dropped from us by having the courage to go deep within ourselves. And it seems so simple that how could it be that just by like 
buying a journal. It's like, no, it's the power in the witness. It's the power in the willingness to know what you know. And those might be simple things, but they're hard. They're courageous. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us are having this like, you know, incredible experience. I also just want to add that when it comes to this process, which we're all in, we're all in this process of knowing ourselves better and therefore, you know, being more in alignment in all areas of our life. That's the work that we're all doing. What I also want to remind everyone is that you don't have to hold it all. You don't have to be in control of it all. Meaning we put it on ourselves that if we were to stand for what we know to be true, whether it's with our parents, with our spouse, in work, with our clients, that we're then responsible for what the other person chooses to think or believe. And we're responsible for them, what happens in the future. And it's like, that's not our job. It's not. What is more to the point is like every time we decide that we are willing to speak our truth, that's all that's our job. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes just from being that authentic and honest, two new paths open up that no one ever saw coming because somebody in the room decided to be radically honest. And so it doesn't have to be that we have this double bind where we feel like, well, if I say my truth, it will push the button on this thing to then lead to this domino. So therefore I can't do that. That's not necessarily true. I've had clients and I've had friends where it's like they walk into their boss's office and say, I cannot do this anymore. And this is it. And next thing you know, they get promoted. I mean, it's like next thing you know, they get transferred to the city that they really want to go to. And the person's like, guess what? That totally works for me for you to work from home and start a podcast on our behalf and completely rearrange. It's what, you know, or somebody says this in the marriage. And like I said before, my friend, Jill, her husband turns around and he goes, I cannot live a life that you're not in. And the fact that you don't want to do makeout sessions with me anymore, I'm going to take a look at why that is. Hmm. And then he said to her, I want to be the person that you're going to leave me for. That's what he said Mm. to her. He came back a week later. He goes, I want to be the person you're going to wind up leaving me for. And oh my God, like that's so hot, you know? And so that's only possible because somebody gets to the point where they're like, I'm putting this down. I'm setting it down. I'm not holding it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in our lives there, that's why I was saying at the beginning of this call that we gaslight ourselves because that's the problem. That's the only problem is the gaslighting of ourselves. Because who are we to think that we're not allowed to have a truth or or to have a truth that's inconvenient for someone else? It's like, this might be just the thing that everybody needs. And clearly it is because it's what's true for you. And I think that that's the problem is we're all playing these roles that don't include authenticity. That's mm-hmm. the problem. That's not really love. And that's not really a relationship that anyone wants to be in no matter who it is, whether it's with your clients or with your spouse, your kids, whoever it is. So I love the conversation and I feel like, you know, we all need to be on that path together. Yeah. So this was amazing. Thank you. Um, Can I ask the gorgeous women who are sitting here, if anyone has a question that you'd like to put in the chat or ask Amber, Amber, do you have a few more minutes before you leave? Totally. Okay. Does anyone feel like- I have a gift for people too. Oh. I would love to share at some point. Share the gift so that we don't forget and then I'll take questions. So for anyone who wants to go deeper, you know, I shared one of my favorite journaling techniques that if you want to deeper, you want to connect with these different emotions, both the like challenging ones and the places that you want to expand more into. That's really what the feelings journal is all about. And so for anyone who purchases a copy of the feelings journal, I'm going to give you a free seat in my upcoming workshop on January 11th, where we will be gathering a community to journal. You got a taste of it today in doing more of this. So anyone that, you know, is here, you just use the code Kathy love when you check out and you will automatically get an email and a seat in that upcoming workshop. And if you can't make it, you will get the recording. And you'll also notice if you check out and you put the coupon code in and you notice it takes a cent off your order, that's because I had to find a way to track it in the system to make sure you got the invitation to the event. So (laughs) full disclosure. That's so nice, Amber. I love that. 
So definitely go and do that. And Amber Ray and Ray is R-A-E and and Kathy Love is all capitalized. Okay. All capitalized. Does anyone have a question that you'd like to ask about this work or anything that you want Amber to talk about? I'm going to ask Tracy's question. She wrote in the chat, I resonated with what you said about not living in fantasy land and coming into reality of what was happening in your first marriage. How did you allow yourself to come into that reality? What made it more safe to do that? That's a great question. That is a great question. You know, it was, to be honest, it was slowly and over time because I didn't, for a long time, I didn't realize that I was playing pretend or in a fantasy. I think the cracks of my story started to show when, and you know, it's like we tolerate what's familiar. And so I realized that like, as a girl, I was trained in tolerance and I was so good at um, making the best of situations, seeing the silver lining, believing everything was figure outable, thinking that if I just did that, you know, we can figure this out, I can make this marriage work. And that was the very much the story I was in for for a long time. And the truth is, is that I got tired and started getting sick and started breaking out in rashes. And my body started to say, I can't do this anymore. You know, and then I think it was a combination of honestly journaling and slowly like, okay, does this feel good? Oh, I'm not feeling met here. Should we be having sex more? You know, like asking myself questions and looking more honestly allowed kind of the cracks of the story to show. And then therapy was massively helpful. You know, I got a great therapist. I started studying attachment theory. I did EMDR. I like, I went deep into really having a safe container with someone who could kind of call out the bullshit and say, that doesn't sound like true connection. That's not what intimacy necessarily looks like because, you know, I grew up in a single parent household. I didn't really see what love, I didn't have any models of love. And so love was the thing that was the hardest for me to understand. And I had the story, I wasn't lovable and blah, 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 blah. So you know, I think it was over time, radical honesty with self combined with the container for me to look honestly at the questions and the stories and, and have someone who could reflect back to me with wisdom and insight about what perhaps was true or not so true. Betsy has a similar question, but I think it, the idea of this is like, there's probably 19 different ways to say it. And hearing you say it another way is probably helpful because it's so scary, but she just wrote, I find that the journaling part is easy for me, but the actual work is frightening. Any hints for that? So just really, it's the same question again, but it's what are the things to think about when it's scary to do the work, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love what Shelly said. Can you explore why is it, you know, what is so frightening? You know, I do think what is so scary about it? Like, where are you frightened? I'm guessing that's your inner child, your little girl who you know, is spooked by, I don't know if it's what will happen if you burn it all down or disappointing people or, you know, whatever that story is for you. But I think what always helps me is to get clear on the story that I'm telling myself. So, you know, with my ex, I stayed for long because I was so long because I was like terrified of hurting him and I didn't want to disappoint and let him down. And that was a key piece of it. And so once I was able to understand what the story was and kind of look at that story and ask, well, is that true? And I don't know if you've talked about Byron Katie's work that helped me break it down. But I think ultimately I always try to choose like a little bit more courage than fear. Fear is always going to be there. You know, I, I heard Kathy say earlier, it's in the car, don't let it drive. But, you know, asking yourself, what would courage do here? What would courage do here? What would courage do here? And let the answers to that slowly guide you. Lori asked, did your ex know your relationship was broken or was he caught off guard after you did the discovery exercises? Um, A little bit of both. He, you know, he said, I've been sleeping in our marriage and I haven't been showing up. He recognized and a way that I was relieved. He was willing to acknowledge his role in it pretty quickly. But I think he too was caught up in the story of us and how we presented and all of that. But probably two years later, he said to me, you know, the hardest part for me was coming to terms very similarly with like the story and the reality of us. And so there was like the immediate, of course, did he feel blindsided? 
perhaps? Was it a lot to hear? Was it overwhelming? Sure. But also he was willing to see his role in it and later reflected back to me that, yeah, he was also in the story and it wasn't necessarily working for him either. And a friend of mine, you know, when I was going through it, said liberation goes two ways. If you're not satisfied in the relationship, there's no way that he's satisfied. Like he's also like, he's not having an intimate or sexual relationship with anyone either, you know? So it's, it's, and fast forward, it's been three years now. He's now engaged. He's now figured out what was most aligned for him. And so it's been beautiful to see his evolution and him walking the path of his own authenticity. It comes to mind for me to say that I think part of all of this work, and we've been talking about it throughout, is is really learning what it means to have that deep wholeness with self. And I say that because I think so often what makes all of this so scary is when we're codependent, when we need other people to be okay, so we're okay, Yeah, then everything is so loaded. But when we are not codependent and we actually just allow people autonomy to feel what they feel and we don't feel like it's ours to own that, then Mm -hmm. we know that we'll be okay because we're not necessarily outsourcing our okayness to someone else. And probably for a long time, because I think so many of us are codependent, Mm -hmm. I think that might be part of it, right? Like you felt like, oh, I'd be responsible for how he felt. And if I actually then left, would I be okay enough with my own relationship with myself that I could like tolerate life without having this outside version of whatever story tell me that I'm okay because I'm in this thing, right? Like we just are all walking back home to strength inside of ourselves. And I went to this program, which I've talked about before. I'm just going to say one thing about it, but I went to this program called Onsite and I thought it was just going to be this deep dive psychodrama therapy, which it was but the theme of that program is codependency. And mm. they're they're just happy to show you like, no, no, that's codependent too. Like not mm-hmm. thinking you're needy, but being an over-functioner, that's actually the opposite side mm-hmm. of being codependent. So all of this just speaks to how much we each, we need a strong connection with and capacity to be present and to tolerate what it means to be ourselves, period. And the more that happens, we don't need to be in anything to be okay. We find our okayness like within ourselves, yeah. And most of the time we just haven't learned that muscle. Yeah. So it's beautiful that you do this work and share it and you share it so beautifully. Thank you, Amber, for coming in. Just, um, I know we put it in the chat, but just tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow along by the new journal and all the other things. You can follow me on Instagram at Hey Amber Ray. My website is amberray.com. The Feelings Journal is amberray.com slash feelings journal. You'll also see it if you go on the website. Then you can sign up for my newsletter and I send out a weekly digest of what I'm learning and with more reflection journal prompts and all that good stuff too. That's awesome. You're the best. Thank you. Isn't she amazing? She's just the best. All right, here are the takeaways. Number one. Emotions are not negative or positive. They're messengers. They have wisdom. They have insight. They have clarity. They have knowing with them. Number two, even though the truth can feel dangerous and convenient at times, it will always prevail. Number three, start with two minutes of journaling. Just get it going and you'll be amazed at the clarity, the wisdom, the insight, the courage that will come through with that practice of really being intimate with self, being honest with self, and having that space of self-connection. Number four, the answers are within us. Number five, it's amazing how much you realize you are when you actually make the time to journey back to yourself. Number six, get clear on the story that you're telling yourself. And number seven, try to choose a little bit more courage than fear. In those moments, ask yourself, what would courage do here? And let the answer slowly guide you. Well, before we go, I just want to celebrate a few of our amazing students from my podcast course. We do that course once a year, and I just want to shout out Stephanie Afanito, who's a real superstar. She has two podcasts, Get Literate and Kit Lit Love. I also want to shout out Jenny Ray and her podcast, The Cheetah Print Chats. We got to give some love to Chelsea Barbine and her Cultivate with Chelsea podcast. And also kudos to Nina Viscarando for her podcast, What's for Dinner, Nina? You should all be so proud of yourselves. 
It's an amazing accomplishment and these shows are so awesome. Their links will be in the show notes. You can go check them out and give them some love. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that this podcast is giving you nourishment. I know that we are in holiday season, big time. And so it means so much that you spend your precious time here. We have our annual best of the year roundup episodes coming up soon, which is going to be so much fun. So follow along on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review because it's such an incredible gift to us. You have no idea how much that helps. So if you can think of anybody who would find this podcast valuable, send them the link or post about the podcast on your Instagram. And if you have a question that you want me to answer on the podcast, you can email us at hello at kathyheller.com with the subject line, Ask Kathy. And I'll be answering questions on the podcast as well. I love you so much. I'll leave you with the song. Have a great weekend.